Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come and Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 246 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you again for joining us as we continue with our Come Follow Me study for this week. We are looking at August the 31st to September 6th, covering Helaman chapters 13 to 16, Glad Tidings of Great Joy. And today we are concluding our study of Helaman chapter 13, which is beginning with a focus on the Lord being merciful to those who repent, uh, as studied in the personal scripture study section. But it also again deals with the Lord giving warnings through his prophets. So we'll see what we can get through. Might not get through everything I want to today, but we'll see where we get. So uh, where we left off, uh, we were up to Helaman 13 verse 6 that I wanted to cover. Um, And here... Uh, Samuel is warning the people. He says, Yea, heavy destruction awaiteth this people, and it surely cometh unto this people, and nothing can save this people, save it be repentance and faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, who surely shall come into the world, and shall be and shall suffer many things, and shall be slain for his people. Samuel here warns the people of destruction and invites them to repent, as this is the only way to overcome this destruction. Uh, Richard G. Scott uh, said this about repentance, quote, There is an essential aspect of the plan of happiness of our Father in heaven that is often ignored, even though it invariably yields peace and joy. This subject is widely misunderstood and often feared. Some feel it that it is to be employed only those by in serious transgression, while the Lord intended that it be consistently used by every one of his children. I refer to the blessing of true, sincere, continuing repentance, the path to peace and joy. It is a conduit to the reforming power of the Lord, and when understood and used, a dear and precious friend. Close quote. Now, what I find interesting about this is two things. First of all, um, is that um, this repentance, uh, again, has been repeatedly told to us about how it is to be used as a joyful thing and a wonderful thing. And yes, we see people like Samuel, they were like proclaiming it from the rooftop, saying if they don't do it, they'll be destroyed. But that's because we do, we often forget these people have lived years and years of iniquitous behavior uh, and are so steep in sin that they have to be shaken uh, with this repentance. But also the other thing that I realized is that this, we often talk about how President Nelson has recently talked about repentance and how he's tried to teach it as you know, repentance is not something to fear, but it's a lovely thing. It's a blessing. It's a joy. And it should be done every day by everyone. And sometimes, incorrectly, we refer to it as, you know, it's only being taught to us in this way now. But actually, this quote shows that we, it's always been, well, it's often been taught this way before. But of course, because President Nelson is our living prophet today for our time and this moment, it is something we should really take on board. Uh, and so, just an example how the principles of the gospel never change but our focus on what we need to do does change perhaps Uh, and so that i thought that was a really interesting thought Uh, in verse 7 samuel says that an angel of the lord declared unto him and he did bring glad tidings to my soul and behold i was sent unto you to declare it also that you might have glad tidings but behold you would not receive me now This glad tidings of great joy phrase is obviously very well linked with the uh, experience of the shepherds with the angel Gabriel. Uh, And we see it often referred to in the birth of the Saviour Jesus Christ. Now, I just loved the parallel and the idea that Samuel to this people was like an angel Gabriel. Um, He was the one to declare 
the glad tidings of great joy, he was going to tell them that Christ was going to come into the world. Um, and that is a very close parallel between Samuel and the angel Gabriel. Not that I think there's anything behind that necessarily, but it's the idea again that people, whether they be prophets, our ministering brothers and sisters, even a friend, can be a ministering angel to us. Uh, and I thought that was um, I thought that was a nice thought about Samuel and the power and the impact that Samuel had with his people. In verse eleven, uh, it says, "But if you will return and repent unto the Lord, re- repent and return unto the Lord your God, I will turn away mine anger," saith the Lord. Yea, thus saith the Lord: Blessed are they who will repent and turn unto me, but woe unto him that repenteth not. Again, this this focus on repentance now continues through a number of verses. Uh, Neil L. An- Elder Neil L. Anderson said this, quote, When we sin, we turn away from God. When we repent, we turn back toward God. The invitation to repent is rarely a voice of chastisement, but rather a loving appeal to turn around and to return toward God. It is the beckoning of a loving father and his only begotten son to be more than we are, to reach up to a higher way of life, to change and to feel the happiness of keeping the commandments. Being disciples of Christ, we rejoice in the blessing of repenting and the joy of being forgiven. They become part of us, shaping the way we think and feel. Close quote. So absolutely, this blessing, this repentance is something which we should embrace and enjoy. Um, And, you know, I think I've, I've mentioned this before, but if we repent daily, you know, throughout our lives, we're less likely to get into a position where we need to repent of something that is uh, of greater consequence or significance because we are staying close to our saviour at all times um samuel moves on and he talks about um the city being ripe for destruction he then talks about the city of gideon and her wickedness which again is a bit of a you know a, a sad thing because we remember gideon being the city back in alma 7 which was in great righteousness and was able to learn about the Saviour's atonement. Now, obviously, many years have passed since then, but it is sad to see that, you know, things do change over time and that uh, this is something which um, needs needed to be addressed. And then in verse 18, uh, it says, And it shall come to pass, saith the Lord of hosts, yea, our great and true God, that whoso shall hide up treasures in the earth shall find them again no more because of the great curse of the land, save he be a righteous man and shall hide it up unto the Lord. Now, it's interesting here because uh, in the manual, it's, it says this. For example, what did Samuel teach about repentance, about humility and wealth? So Samuel here is teaching about wealth and he's talking about how um, if the Nephites tried to hide up their treasures, they were going to lose them because of the curse of the man. Save he be a righteous man and shall hide it up unto the Lord. So it seems here that there's a, there's a clear message and you know, we might look at it at first and go, oh, well, that's just telling us that if they're wicked, then they'll lose their riches. And if they're righteous, then they'll keep them. But I don't think it's as simple as that, because, I mean, looking at the world around us and the people around us, there are plenty of wealthy people who uh, perhaps make some choices that we wouldn't. Uh, and then there are plenty of people who are trying to live the gospel the best they can and are not very wealthy at all. And sometimes struggle to even provide the necessities that they need. But uh, I think what this is saying here is that if they do their things to the Lord, if they consecrate their efforts and their everything they have, um, you know, which is a, a covenant we make uh, to the Lord and hide it up to the Lord, then the blessings will flow. Uh, Hugh Nibley uh, said this, quote, 
Here we have a concrete and indisputable example of an ancient Israelite practice. If we hide our treasures unto the Lord, that's a good thing. He wants us to hide treasures to him in regular old Jewish fashion. Again, Baruch, the secretary of Jeremiah, writes that when Jerusalem was destroyed, referring to the destruction of Jerusalem at the time of Nephi, the Lord wanted the treasures to be buried up unto him. It's a rule, and now we know from the copper scroll that it was actually done. When we flee before our eminent enemies, we hide our treasure up unto the Lord. It's a commandment, close quote. So again, just you know, another reference here to how this uh, refers to ancient Israelite practice in the Book of Mormon. You know, it's in there. Uh, which is another wonderful example of its truthfulness. But um, this idea of wealth um, being linked to wickedness, it is true. You know, if we love those riches and we hide them for ourselves and we, you know, focus our efforts on that, then we start to lose out. Whether that is lose out on material wealth or we lose out on spiritual prosperity. In verse 21, um, Samuel continues and says, Behold ye, the people of this great city, and hearken unto my words. Ye hearken unto the words which the Lord saith. For behold, he saith that ye are cursed because of your riches. And also are your riches cursed because ye have set your hearts upon them and have not hearkened unto the words of him who gave them unto you. Um, again, focusing that humility piece at the end, that it's the fact that the Lord gave them the riches. They should be praising him and um, you know, looking to him in all their riches. It certainly does lead to a temptation that many people have to overcome. Again, Hugh Nibley said this, quote, Many have asked why God would consistently reward the virtues of the Nephites with a prosperity which almost infallibly destroyed that virtue. The answer here is in the almost. There is no paradox here. Wealth need not be destructive. A person in exuberant health is certainly more likely to be tempted of the flesh than one suffering of a dire disease. And yet, exuberant good health is a reward of right living. The temptations of health and the temptations of wealth are real, to be sure, but they are not irresistible. They are necessary to test mankind in this life of probation, close quote. I love that insight because, yeah, it made me think, well, why, why, do you know, why is the Lord blessing them with all, these, with all this prosperity and wealth? If he knows that inevitably it's going to lead them to be prideful again, you know, why, why, why is that blessing being given? But of course... It's being given because he's a loving Heavenly Father. He's not a... a uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here. He's not a fallible parent who makes faults, like I am. If I saw my children, you know, doing things wrong because of something I was giving them, uh, which is a wonderful thing, and th- something which can bless them and help them, I might decide to take that thing away rather than teach them and help them to change and become better in using that thing. But that's because I'm not a perfect parent. Our Heavenly Father is... And he desires to bless us. He wants to give every blessing that we can receive. And so as we live righteously, he will give those blessings because he loves us so much. He also loves us enough to give them so that we can start to change and become better with them. It is our choice if we then slip into that pride cycle. And so I thought that that was a really interesting insight. Uh, and that was really useful to me because, again, yeah, it did make I do question every now and then, you know, why do people receive great riches in the Book of Mormon when they're being righteous, if that then led to their downfall. And so I thought that was an interesting insight. Again, we haven't gotten through everything I wanted to, and we're well over our time, so we'll stop there. And we'll conclude chapter 13 tomorrow, move into verse 14, continuing this look at repentance from Samuel. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please do share, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Please do join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Uh, so that you can share what you've been studying uh, and join, and you know, I'd love to, and I'd love to share some of those comments in future podcast episodes. 
And please do email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining a future, future podcast episode yourself. Thanks once again, and until we meet again.